again, everybody. Welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast, episode number 138 of the Sports Podcast. Anthony and I recorded earlier today, but I uh, I messed up the recording. So, uh, no Anthony t- this week. Uh, I tried to reach him earlier, but uh, unavailable. So, uh, I'm just going to release this uh, podcast uh, solo. Uh, Anthony had some great comments earlier, so we'll uh, save them again for next week. But we do have a podcast for you because I have a special guest uh, today. It will be Julia Montesano from Melbourne, Australia. She is a digital content coordinator for the NBL One. She's also a play-by-play uh, commentator for the WARF Radio. That's Wharf Radio. And it's the Women's Australian Rules Football uh, Radio. And uh, Julia and I had a great conversation about her experiences calling uh, footy games and just uh, broadcasting in general. So I hope you enjoyed that. Also, some more footy news to pass along to everybody. Obviously, last week we talked with Brian Varnish from the USAFL and uh, had a great conversation with him. In the process, I have now met Donnie Hess. He is the head coach of a footy team in Iowa, I believe. And anyways, Donnie will be coming on the podcast very soon to talk about his experience. And uh, we're going to talk more about that as we go forward. Plus, we will have... Our own uh, very special guest in James Dawson returning here to talk about the Indy 500 here uh, next week as we get ready for that come Memorial Day weekend. Hard to believe that's right around the corner. Of course, it was delayed last year because of the pandemic and was raced in, I believe it was in August last year. So it will be a totally different experience this year. And uh, we look forward to having James Dotson on next week and uh, possibly Donnie Hess and maybe one other guest coming up here shortly. We're going to try to get Jeff Beck on. He's from 12 Ounce Sports. They are a local or regional streaming company. And I will be working with them for the GDFL football season coming up as they'll be covering the Ohio Gladiators. And we're looking forward to that. So uh, I was going to have Jeff on today, but his uh, uh, my schedule and his schedule could not work out. But we're going to get him on and talk about 12-ounce sports, the upcoming GDFL football season, and everything they're doing with uh, 12-ounce sports. A, uh, a nice streaming network that is uh, regional here. And it uh, should be a lot of fun hooking up with them, doing some uh, semi-pro football uh, coming your way here across the world, actually, with the uh, the Internet. So not just locally. But right now, I'm going to step aside. Actually, what we're going to do is bring in Julia Montesano. She, again, is a play-by-play commentator for the AFLW uh, in the VFL level, and uh, also a commentator for the Women's Australian Rules Football Radio. That is WARF Radio, W-A-R-F Radio. And uh, you can Google that and listen to Julia and some of her uh, mates as they bring you uh, footy across the nation. So let's uh, take this time out. Let's uh, bring in Julia, and I'll be back right after this to talk more footy and actually just sports with you right here on Radio MVP. As promised, it is now time to hook up with uh, Julia Montesano. 
uh, from Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, who is a co-host of one of my favorite podcasts this past uh, AFLW season and the preview and uh, with Gemma Bastiani on Play On Radio and all of us here on Radio MVP recognize that name as uh, Gemma has been kind enough to come on uh, multiple times on the podcast. So let's uh, welcome Julia. Hi, Julia. Hey, Tim. Thanks for having me. I'm glad that you uh, were able to fit me in. I know how tough it is sometimes to get scheduled, especially when there's a uh, a 14-hour difference in times. Yeah, no, all good. All, absolute pleasure. Talk about the uh, the podcast with Gemma. How did that begin for you? Um, yeah, so I guess Gemma and I met through a Women in Commentary sports program. Uh, so obviously, just trying to get more women um, involved in the game and calling different sports. So we met through there. Um, got along really well and, and linked up um, to do a podcast um, and it was um, yeah called the play on preview is that of her own radio network she was a star she ran all on her own did all the technical stuff and yeah I just jumped in and did all the easy stuff and just um, talked her up and let her go on a tangent so um, yeah me and Gemma get along really well it's always good to have someone that knows the game so well to, to bounce ideas off so yeah I really enjoyed it and hope to get back to doing it next season too. Yeah, that would be it'll be fantastic. I've like I said, I've had the opportunity to talk to Gemma and follow her on her play on radio, uh, really from its onset uh, until today. Uh, so, you mentioned uh, being part a, of a, a program promoting uh, women in uh, broadcasting and in sports. Uh, take a moment, just talk about that. How did you get involved with that, and and uh, well, what's going on on that for you? Yeah, so um, the program was called Making the Call. Um, it was run by the beautiful ladies Lucy and Emma Race, who um, work with the Australian Broadcasting Corporation down um, in Melbourne, Australia. So they started to run the program just because they felt the need for more women voices in sport. So I thought it'd be great to join that. I've been calling Aussie Rules Football um, in my local football league. I did special comments and then moved on to play-by-play. I wanted to develop my voice a bit more. So I joined up that program, got a lot more confidence, and now I'm doing the VFLW stuff. Um, also some stuff with the MPL so that's the National Premier League our soccer league here in Melbourne Australia as well and um, yeah looking to go to basketball and netball next too so I'm trying to be a little bit of a sports all-rounder and trying to get my voice into a few different sports and yeah the program was a big help for me to, to get that confidence up and to ensure that I was able to do that. That's fantastic. Uh, let's first talk about the AFLW and, and your experiences with it. Uh, obviously, I'm going to do a little broadcast side of this because uh, uh, I'm kind of curious. I have have had the fortunate opportunities to do uh, American football, baseball, basketball over the years. And I've always been impressed when I've listened to those who have done uh, Aussie football because it is such a fast-paced game and the field is so big that it's <laughs> probably, I mean, and, and obviously I've never seen it live, but uh, a huge challenge because unlike basketball, where you get 10 players on the court at one time or in American football, you have 22, but you just follow the ball and it's easy. Uh, in Australian rules football, you have 36 players on the on the oval at one time and trying to keep track of all 36 plus the ball and the action. Uh, you got to tell me your secret. How did you do it? Because I, I had the opportunity to watch you on uh, a YouTube a couple of weeks ago, and I thought you did a fantastic job, by the way. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I guess. I don't know who invented Aussie rules and thought it was a good idea to put that many players on the field. It can get really congested sometimes. And yeah, I guess I know how big the field is first ended up because I did a little bit of um of boundary umpiring back when I was a bit younger. So that's um I guess how do I describe it? I guess for the people that are not too familiar to Aussie rules, it's those 
guys in the umpiring shirts, I suppose the green shirts, you probably see them in, um, just running around the sidelines and touchlines or whatever you thought to call them. And they throw the ball back in when it goes out. So I was one of those people um, running up to 15 kilometres and onwards per game. I don't know how, how much that is in miles, but it's, it's a pretty fair distance. So um, yeah, I definitely know how big the field is firsthand. But in terms of learning the players, um, I do like to use some flashcards to do it, um, to be quite honest. I've taken my year 12 studies um, and put them into my commentary as well and learned that way. So yeah, that's probably the main way I learned. And then I just guess with calling the same teams throughout the VFLW season, especially, um, it's been a lot easier to just learn the players. I've called, for example, Carlton a few times and I can reel off their list pretty well. So it's just about getting to watch them while you're doing your research and then putting them in a flashcard and just trying to learn. Really, there's no real secret. Everyone does it differently. I know commentators that don't even that look at the list on the day and just able to do it, which I admire because I wish I could do that. But yeah, everyone learns differently. But yeah, I'm one of those people that yeah, it takes a lot of time to get the names right. So it is important to do that. Now, I'm curious, are you at field level or are you up higher to be able to see the entire field? Or how, how's your, what is your vantage point when you're uh, streaming or broadcasting a game? Uh, it's different for each game. This depends um, because VFLW is at a local level. So um, local footy grounds don't often have the facilities that the higher footy grounds do. So I remember I was commentating a game a couple of weeks ago and we got rained on because we were, we were out in the grandstand and we just got, it was raining sideways and our whole kit got rained on. So we had to just duck for cover and absolutely just keep going with the game. Yeah, we usually just stick a spot around the grandstand, whichever looks safe and undercover. Um, and just go from there. I think MPL was pretty good, like my self-commentary position. That was uh, well undercover and a few tears up, so we had a nice, good view. But yeah, usually in local level, it can be pretty <laughs> just to find a spot, um, especially commentating at very local level. So I suppose your district level, um, it was literally, we used to bring a broadcast truck out to the game and just park it wherever um, it could fit in the car spot and then just put a couple of headsets on and call the game. So yeah, you really have to make sure you've got a pair of binoculars wherever you go because it can be a bit confusing when you're in different spots to broadcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, I understand everything you're talking about because uh, anybody who does uh, local broadcasting has had multiple uh, interesting experiences with the weather or uh, position on uh, view. Uh, I've done basketball games where I've literally put been put in a corner behind the stands where I have to peek out and look around <laughs> and see what was going on. And then I've actually had a courtside uh, view, which is perfect, or a perch view, which is, you know, just as good as far as I'm concerned, because you can see the entire court and everything develop. Yeah, I've uh, also uh, been in the rain in the snow, uh, in the stands with fans around me uh, with a pair of headsets on and, and broadcasting. So I, I understand all those uh, unique circumstances that we, we, we put ourselves through to call the game. What part of the game is probably the most challenging for you to call? I'm, that, to me, I'm very intrigued by uh, just the, the idea of, of, of calling this game. Because to me, like I said, 36 players on, on, on the field at one time, and you have a ball, you have, what, four umpires on on the field too at the same time approximately and uh that's that's a lot to keep track of yeah it certainly is i guess probably the hardest part um when we're commentating Aussie rules is i suppose there's a lot of stoppages in play repeated stoppages so when the ball's not really going anywhere it just takes the players around the footy especially one it's hard to spot those players around the footy two there's not much to talk about if the ball just keeps getting thrown up and up and up for five or three to five minutes in a row um, you're just really going to try and make some conversation and that's where I suppose your knowledge of the league itself comes in you talk about some fun facts about players you talk about stats you can't 
really call the action as, as you'd like to go and and the same and that example comes from the same game I was just talking about where we got stuck in the rain it was wet weather footy so um, there wasn't much scoring um, I think the score at, at full time was two to 14 or something like that so um, really really hard 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 going especially on rules it's very high scoring game um, there's goals galore but yeah for a team to, for a final score to be 14 to 2 it was very hard to just keep the excitement up and, and make sure that the contest was um, still appealing to the fans as well. So that's probably the hardest part. What part of broadcasting uh, appeals to you the most? Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I suppose I'm just, I'm still kind of exploring all the elements of broadcasting. I mean, I've come from um, producing roots. I used to produce um, a breakfast show on uh, our sports entertainment network, known as SEN here in Melbourne, um, which is our main sports radio station. So I was always used to be behind the scenes and, telling the on-air guys what to do um, and then once I left there I found myself getting more on-air opportunities to call games and yeah I've loved discovering my voice in that way and, and just being able to just yeah not only discover my voice but also give the people the exposure they deserve because yeah women's footy I suppose here in Australia and I guess all over the world it struggles as well women's sport in general struggles as well compared to the men's game so it's good to just be able to give them some spotlight and some exposure you know we, I commentate most of the time for free. I don't get paid to do it, but I just do it for the love of it. So I guess you could say that probably is my favourite thing about broadcasting is to call play-by-play games because if I'm doing it without getting paid, you can tell I really love it. So, yeah. 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 There's been times where I've uh, I have foregone any type of uh, monetary uh, expenses to do the game. Matter of fact, I've learned, uh, I've worked for many different radio stations in uh, Northeast Ohio, which uh, just to give you an idea, it's by Lake Erie. If you're familiar with uh, North America and there's Cleveland, I live I'm in a Cleveland town. supporter, so yeah, familiar with Ohio. <laughs> uh, okay, I, I lived uh, northeast of that. I, I live in uh, Youngstown, Ohio, and awesome. um, which borders Western Pennsylvania. So I do a lot of sports in Western Pennsylvania and in uh, Northeast Ohio here, and that is really kind of my geographical area. And there's always opportunities and some of them pay some of them don't uh or some yeah. of them pay uh, very little and uh, i've learned as you can see i i just uh, as years gone by i just bought my own equipment because i know it'd be better than what they had and uh it, it's true and you just do stuff like yeah. that because you enjoy it so much obviously you do a lot other things other than the uh the footy but uh talk about your uh, your involvement with the the nbl the uh, the basketball league in uh, australia Yes, that's, that's my full-time position. So all this broadcasting stuff and commentary stuff comes outside of this full-time stuff. So at the moment, I'm, I'm, my role is MBL one Digital and Content Coordinator. So the MBL one is basically our second tier. So I guess the equivalent of, of like the G League in the States is, is our MBL one So we're looking after the up-and-coming players and also some of the players that do play in the top tier come down to play with us in their off-season. That's really good. We do get access to top tier players, both male and female. We've got a couple of Olympians playing in our league at the moment, preparing for the Olympics too. We get to see some really good stars on show. Um, and my role mainly is just to watch the game and produce whatever highlights come out of it, which is so much fun because there's so many great stuff. I've just come off a, a game that was won by a game winner in the last 10 seconds. So it's super fun to watch those games um, come out and, and have good results. And yeah, it's just so much fun. I've played, bas- I played basketball for a long time as a junior. Um, had to give it up just because it's, you know, other yeah. commitments so it's great to be able to, to get back involved in the sport and and yeah just get like I keep saying give people the exposure they deserve because these guys work their butts off you know a lot of them are here 
a lot of them live in the States and are here in Australia just because um, the college system is <laughs> the college system basically. So they come down here to get a bit of professional level and they're sacrificing a lot, especially in these COVID times as well because of the uncertainty about where they can even go back home. So yeah, anything we can do to, to give them a little, you know, a little positive positivity, I suppose, and a little bit of draft chances as well will do. So yeah, it's really enjoyable. So last season, how was that for you with the, the COVID and uh, the NBL? Was that uh, abbreviated? Was it played? How, how did that work for, uh, for you and the league? Yeah, so I wasn't actually there last year. Um, okay. I was actually at the Castle Football Club. So I was working in an Australian rules footy club. And I guess COVID affected me personally because um, they weren't able to keep my position anymore. So um, I couldn't continue working there. So I was a bit off work for a while. But in terms of what happened in the NBL one, um, yeah, all the all the games got cancelled. Um, so we have, what do we have? We have four conferences and um, they were all supposed to start last year, all had to get cancelled. So this is really our debut year of getting the NBL one really running off the ground. In 2019, we had one conference. So good to, yeah, boost the numbers in that and, and finally get on the court because these players are waiting a while to do so. Oh, there's no question. It's been a, a tough year for everybody. Yeah, across the world and everything that you normally love to do, you could not do. And uh, it was a, uh, you know, always looking for an opportunity to do something. And it was it was difficult for everybody. There's no question. Obviously, I was talking to you earlier about play by play. And is your VFL W uh, games uh, available on the Internet? And uh, where could someone uh, possibly listen or even uh, watch it if it's available? I know you had the one game on uh, YouTube uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah, so we do have a few games on YouTube every week. So I think it's on the AFL Victoria YouTube channel. So if you ever want to go down and have a look, um, Wolf Radio, which is the uh, company I call for, we call three games a week. So they usually put all three games up on the YouTube channel for everyone to watch. If not, you can head to the Wolf Radio Twitter. So Wolf, by the way, it says Women Australian Rules Football Radio. Um, we just shorten it to Wolf because of obvious reasons. So it's at Wolf Radio on Twitter. Um, and we put all the games that we're putting, that we're calling for the week and all the callers get listed as well. So... Um, yeah, I usually get tagged in that if I'm calling a game and all the games are streamed on wharfradio.com as well. So yeah, feel free to head down and, and give us a listen and, and watch some good footy as well. Oh, there's no question. I, I had the opportunity. It was just a perfect timing for myself uh, a few weeks ago when you did a game and it was, I, I want to say it was Collingwood game, but I'm not a hundred percent sure if that. Yeah. Was, probably okay. Saying, yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh that was, uh, I enjoyed it. I thought you did a fantastic job. One question on uh, just the broadcast itself. One thing I've noticed, and and I'm not saying it happened in, in your games that you uh, covered, but I see a lot of a shared play-by-play. How do you, how does that go by? How do you make that decision? Who's taking what part of the game or within the game, uh, within a quarter saying like, okay, uh, you have a better view, so you go, I have no idea how it's done. I'm just kind of curious because I've heard multiple people actually do the play-by-play at times, and I'm curious uh how that that um gets coordinated yeah so we usually try to have two play-by-play callers um in every game just to give everyone a chance to breathe and not um lose their voice after a game so but yeah there's no real set method we kind of just tap each other in so basically we just like whack each other on the shoulder and say you go like or you go so it's really just um that's that's kind of how we take um how, how we hand it off but um, the rule of thumb is whenever there's a stoppage in play or a change of or a change of team. So if, it, if there's a turnover, so say Essendon kicks with the Carlton, there's a chance the other play-by-play commentator to take over. If there's a goal being kicked back, we switch it over as well. So um, it's just really whenever the, the game stops, um, there's a chance for yourself to breathe and hand it over. But yeah, it's it's different for every caller. I mean, some callers like to 
hold, hold on to the call a bit longer and call through those stoppages just because I like to get a bit more momentum and they sense something happening or some play-by-play callers just like to really handball it off and really make sure it's a, a call with good symmetry. So it's different for everyone. But yeah, the rule of thumb is generally if the ball stops, you stop talking and you give it to someone else. <laughs> so have you had an opportunity to do any basketball games? I know you mentioned that earlier and that was some of your goals. So uh, has that uh, come about at, uh, on any level? Uh, not yet. I, it is in the works. Um, it's just hard, obviously, with my work schedule because I do have to put my work first and make sure I work in the basketball games rather than calling it. So um, it's definitely in the works. Um, yeah, looking to do some games in the NBA One South Conference, which is um, where I'm based. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. I, I can't wait to ha- have that opportunity to hear you because, like I said, I'm most people know me, uh, know that I, I, I love broadcasting and sports broadcasting and kind of a what I call a, a radio nerd when it comes to stuff like this, because I'm more intrigued by uh, those who do it and what they how they do it and what their preparation is and uh, just overall um, aptitude to to doing the games. And uh, obviously you covered the AFLW this past season uh, that just ended uh, two questions here. Uh, what did you think about the season and overall in general and uh, how surprised or unsurprised were you from the, the grand finals where uh, Brisbane was able to go down to Adelaide and win? Yeah. Um, I thought the season was fantastic. I mean, following on from 2020 where we didn't have a premier, we had to get the season canceled. It was just so good to have, a season go through and through and actually have some results. Um, we had a, a, a massive amount of sellout games as well. The first time the AFLW games were ticketed, which is fantastic. People could actually purchase and actually get the get the league some get the money into the league as well, which is really fantastic. And it just showed that fans absolutely wanted to come and, and support the girls. So that was really good. And yeah, I, I suppose for the grand final, I wasn't really surprised. That was the two top teams the whole year. Brisbane, I should have been surprised because they have been, they had to travel pretty much every round. Um, they, and even when they did get a home game, COVID forced them to travel again. So, you know, anyone would be surprised that they'd be able to get up and get a win. But Brisbane were just so resilient. And yeah, I thought they were fantastic. I'd, even though I did tip Adelaide at home, just because as a Carlton supporter, I did um, get on the other end of it in 2019 when they absolutely smashed us on the big stage. So I was pretty, pretty inclined to tip Adelaide, but on the day, I was not surprised. Been able to get a win, and yeah, absolutely. Congrats to the Lions, that was fantastic. You know, I tipped Adelaide too, so don't feel bad. Um, I'll, I will say this uh, I the tipping aspect of uh, the fun part of the the uh, culture of uh, Aussie football uh, makes me laugh because uh, everyone has an opinion, everyone has their thing, and they're so loyal to their, their clubs that if you don't pick your club, even when you know deep down it might not be the correct pick you get frowned upon and I, I get a kick out of that because there's the part of me who wants to be uh unbiased you know and and be true to what what a, a a side might be facing up against and here it's like no you have to pick your team each and every week i'm like how yeah. do you win a competition if you do that <laughs> it comes at a cost doesn't it yeah a lot of my friends have lost multis by tipping their own teams and yeah they're not very happy with it on the it's a uh, it's an interesting thing. I think I just froze up here for a second. Let's see if it comes back. Hello uh, again. <laughs> well, hello. It's great to have you back on Radio MVP for a second time in one interview. Uh, you got to love the internet. Sometimes it fails you when you need it the most. And uh, I went and checked my uh, router, and it was completely uh, blank. And I'm like, well, I have to restart that, don't I? 
So that's okay. I think there's a meme in there's a meme I've just saw on late on social media lately that you're not Australian if you don't use 4G internet in your room. So <laughs> I thought it was my internet for a second. So don't worry, I'm, I've been on the end of internet struggles. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, uh... <laughs> all the funs and joys of editing. <laughs> but in the same vein, sometimes I don't. <laughs> I just leave it yeah. all in. I don't care uh, because of my live radio days. You know you. Just just learn to deal with it. Go with it, yeah. Yeah. Well, as curiosity, have you had any uh, technical difficulties during any of your games where maybe you went down or uh, had to retrace stuff to uh, get back on air yet? Or have you been, uh, knock on wood, never had to experience that yet? No, I've seen plenty of technical difficulties. Um, a lot of times where our stream doesn't go to the YouTube stream, so the YouTube goes to air without any commentators, which is all right, I suppose. I guess if you don't like to hear my voice, it's probably a bonus for you. But um, if, you, if you like a quiet game, it's also a bonus for you as well. Um, so, yeah, plenty of technical difficulties in that area. Um, back in my radio days, there were heaps. Um, we had, we were growing at that point, had over 50 radio frequencies going at once. So it was pretty hectic and there were technical difficulties. And I remember one morning we walked in and, and a whole fire had engulfed our building and we couldn't um, get to air that day. So... Um, and it happened for a whole week. We couldn't get back on air. So, um, yeah, that was a big, big issue. So definitely had the first year of technical issues. But, yeah, it's definitely made me a better person for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it, it definitely challenged you uh, in uh, unique ways, to say the least. And I think we've all been through it. Matter of fact, uh, one real quick story. Uh, I ended up in the stands broadcasting a game one day. It was a playoff game, an American football high school playoff game. We made all the arrangements to be there. And when we got there, it was a small stadium and a small press box. And the home radio station, who never made any arrangements to broadcast the game, uh, just showed up. And <laughs> yeah, and uh, I was like, and and the guy who was running the the event goes, I don't have any extra room. As you can see, this is pretty cramped as it is. And I looked at him. I says, okay, what happens when you, this has happened in the past? Not too often. He goes, but I says, look, I says, I got sponsors. So you gotta, you, you gotta find me a space. I don't care where. And um, he goes, well, if you go to the top row of the visitor stands, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll try to send you some electricity there for you can do it. Obviously, they, they had no way to reach me with electricity. And uh, luckily enough, I'm smart enough to uh, carry a lot of batteries and my equipment yeah. and can use a DC voltage. And uh, yeah, got on the air and uh, broadcast the game uh, amongst the, the, the fans on the, uh, on the visitor side. So uh, these things happen. There you go. I definitely do, definitely. <laughs> so uh, real quick, I know we were talking about your experiences with the the VFL and uh, broadcasting and, and coming up. I know you mentioned the WAFL radio. Uh, I'm going to get that correct. Uh, the Wolf. Um, just uh, yeah, where WARF can they... radio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty yeah. Good one. Uh, I get it. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, where can they find it again? Just uh, for our listeners, and uh, may we uh, uh, have a chance to check you uh, check out your broadcast skills because uh, they are very good, by the way. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm still a work in progress. But yeah, um, for Wharf Radio, you can head to Twitter um, at Wharf Radio, so W-A-R-F Radio. Um, and if you want to follow me along, I'm at Julia Montesano 4. So um, yeah, hopefully maybe you can put it in the show notes. So it's probably a bit of a hard, hard surname to spell, but 
yeah, you can find me on Twitter there. I try to post as much as I can of my own stuff. So, um, yeah, feel free to follow me, and I'm happy to have a chat with anyone as well. Uh, fantastic. Hey, I really appreciate you hanging in there with me with my uh, technical difficulties. I know this is kind of no back, but I just wanted to do, uh, thank you uh, personally and uh, invite you on anytime uh, that you have something you want to promote. Just let us know and uh, we will always make room for you and uh, anyone who uh, wants to promote the, uh, the game of footy with us here on Radio MVP. Uh, it was a pleasure meeting you and I hope to uh, talk to you again soon. And oh, one quick question as my mind goes yeah. everywhere. One thing That's I okay. noticed, one thing I noticed, and maybe this is uh, just traditional and uh, something that's unique to the AFLW, their quarters are 15 minutes, but when you were doing the VFL games are 20 minutes, 20 minutes is, is traditional, correct? And then any reason why they taken five minutes away from the women's game at the top level? Yeah, so um, AFLW is usually play in the summer. So in Australia, we get up to temperatures of 30 degrees Celsius plus. So it can be pretty hot weather to play a footy year. So that's why the quarters are reduced. But yeah, traditionally, it's 20 minutes plus time on in the men's. Um, VFLW is 20 minutes flat. So there's no time on or anything like that. You know when the quarter is going to end. But yeah, it's different for a lot of areas. And I guess the men's goes along with because it's done in the winter. So yeah, there's no real heat or anything else trying to prevent them from playing out a full game. That's, I was kind of figured it had to do with the uh, the climate, but I wasn't 100% sure if it was another reason behind it. So I might as well ask. Julia, once again, hey, thank you one more time uh, for coming on. And like I said, you have an open invitation. Anytime uh, you have something to promote, just let us know. And you can find her at uh, Julia Montesano on Twitter, correct? That's right. Yeah, with the number four on the end. Oh, number four on the end. All right. Simple no, as that. Yeah. Those three on the Julia Montsides, which is my name first. So I just checked the number four on the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for having me there. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's always a good opportunity to promote footy over in the States as well. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a growing novelty sport here, as I like to call it. Uh, it doesn't get the attention it deserves. It's an amazing game. I've been, um, I'm 54 years old. So I've, uh, I first seen the game when i was a teenager uh espn uh the sports network was kind of in its infancy at the beginning of its uh journey and they were just put on all the international programming they could back in the day and that's when i first seen it over the years it was in and out of american culture uh and about five years ago i found it again uh by accident and uh have been uh, hooked ever since so uh it's been a uh, it's been a pleasure with the internet be able to uh reconnect with a, a game i remember as a, a kid with my my jaw dropping to the ground watching them uh bounce a football uh, and and run and uh <laughs> and kick it and climb on someone's back it was a unique experience uh that i, I remember the first time it was introduced there was a uh, uh announcer who did a sports center his name was bob lee and he was just like stay tuned now for australian rules football i'm like here i am a 13 year old like okay football sounds good had no clue what i was in for and uh from that's how i uh, i found the sport many years ago and uh, uh like i said all about the last four or five years of so, uh, reconnected with it and it's been a, a, a real pleasure and uh, I've met uh, a few people uh, now from uh, the Melbourne area so I, I appreciate your uh, your time again and uh, we'll talk soon and uh, please if you got anything ever to promote just uh, send me a note or uh, just uh, let me know and we'll uh, we'll do a little chat again. We'll do Tim thanks for having me I've really had lots of fun so thank you. <laughs>
All right. You have a great evening and I will, uh, I will talk to you soon. Thanks. Beautiful. Thanks, Tim. Have a good, have a good day. <laughs> Once again, my thanks to Julia Montesano for coming on the podcast here today. And my apologies for all those listening, wanting to hear Anthony here today. Uh, we recorded earlier. I made a mistake. It came out sounding like a tin can, just unusable. But I wanted to get this podcast out and thank Julia once again for coming on the podcast. And you can catch her on WARF Radio. That is Women's Australian Rules Football Radio. Just Google that. And you can find her on uh, Twitter at Julia Montesano 4. And you can find myself at Tim Continenza on the Twitter. And, of course, you can follow the podcast on Twitter also at The Radio MVP. All right. Uh, as always, tell your family, friends, and enemies about Radio MVP. And you can support us by clicking on a link below on buymeacoffee.com slash Radio MVP. And that would help us a lot. And we appreciate your support. All right. For Anthony, who was not able to be with us because of my mistake, and for Julia in Melbourne, Australia, I thank you all for listening to Radio MVP. We'll talk to you next time right here on You Got It, Radio MVP.